Hello, and welcome to the No Good Poetry Podcast. Each week we talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly of poetry. This is episode 88 with... Joseph Makos and... Joseph B. Avenue. This is the good, bad, and the ugly, isn't it? There's some ugly shit out there, kids. Let's make the world safer for poetry. All right. We have a guest this week. We so do. It seems indeed. like it's been a little while since we've had a guest. Yeah, but it's nice to have uh, someone in the studio who's visiting from uh, Chicago readily, but you were in New York before this. Is that right? Mm-hmm. I was uh, in New England Laura Goldstein, New York. welcome for come. Welcome Hi. today. Thank you for having me. Yeah, we're, we're up here um, just after your, the day after you had a workshop at Dragonfly. Mm-hmm. And we're going to talk a little bit about that today and talk about whatever we're going to get into. I don't know, kind of free form it. But um, it's, it's been interesting lately, I guess, I don't know, interesting, that's such a, such a boring word to use, but to describe it. But it's been nice lately talking a, a lot about pedagogy and what dynamics and workshops and, and, and that sort of thing. Um, so I'm, I'm excited to get into that a little bit. Cool. Let's see um so welcome how are you how's your how's your trip been so far um you can be honest okay well <laughs> as you know i've been pretty sick <laughs> so um i guess it you know worked out well with the weather the last couple of days because i've just been in bed um recovering and watching movies um but last night i did hold a workshop and it was amazing so um I'd love to talk about that. Yeah. Yeah. Do you write through being like do you do you when you're sick and laying in bed watching movies, are you writing through that? Or do you do you have a do you have a writing mechanism that kicks in as, during your that is does it give you time to write a little? One one did. I wote okay. one poem on uh, I think it was Tuesday morning, which was the day after I arrived. Uh, and it was about the solstice. Um, but it was also coming from a place of being really sick and feeling my body slow down considerably um so it was about both of those things i thought i had a solstice sickness huh. i had convinced myself <laughs> that this was making me sick that's interesting how that comes in i guess uh yeah timing right the 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 the, the serendipity of how things happen like you're sick on the solstice yeah right well, i wanted to and i wanted to use it to try to come all, you know, all the way down, calm all the way down, see what's in my most basic layer. I've been just doing a lot of breathing. I bought some crystals. I've been breathing with crystals. And then I wrote that poem about just, I think it was about being born. We all get into a state sometimes. Revisit that side that is poetry. Practice the you in all of this. Remember not with body, but with spirit. This is detachment. Just do. There's a light above the door. Your mother. A red light that says exit. You're hungry, but ignoring it. Ignoring how many times your body has already said now. This is where your spirit steps in eyes full of lavender and face full of steamed root. Someone is welcoming you back, but 
who is it? It is you, with the help of your mother. Step away from the simple square and into the circle, your own disbelief. I've carried wheat a far distance, but then somehow I stopped. I forgot. Now it's time to remember. I don't think I would have made the solstice connection if you hadn't explained that to us before, but it makes sense now that you said that. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, well, the title is Mother, a Solstice Poem. But yeah, I was just like really deep in my own spirit body disconnect when I wrote that. So... Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but then um, the next, and I've been journaling for sure, but then I wrote a couple poems last night during the workshop, and I was really super happy about those. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, so, so you want to tell us a little bit about the workshop, the like what the idea what behind it was? All. was. Sure. Um, I've been working on the idea for a couple months, maybe even a few months, because um, I knew that I wanted to come down for a week and um, I wanted to host a workshop while I was here and I wanted to do a, for a community version of the workshop that I teach at Loyola in Chicago. So I did a lot of thinking about, okay, well, it's the difference between teaching a classroom and teaching for community. Um, so I really wanted to do some more kind of community-based experimentation um, so that was really good for me to think about that. Um, so the what I came up with, at first the workshop was like six hours long. <laughs> <laughs> but um, from talking to Megan, uh, she really helped me to hone that. <laughs> and it became a two-hour workshop. You can, you can keep people six hours as long as you have drinks and snacks. And actually, snacks. I realized because I took a six-hour workshop uh, last summer, and it was, it was exhausting. I mean, it was amazing, and I did all this great writing, and it felt so cathartic and revelatory. But I was exhausted, so I don't think that a whole lot of it was able to really sink in. Mm -hmm. So I actually had two activities planned for last night, and we only ended up doing one. And I checked in. Uh, it was Jeffrey Derenborg, actually, who came, and he said that he's episode 70. He's down there somewhere. Yeah, I just saw wow. that he posted a poem from your workshop mm -hmm. on yeah, Facebook. Yeah, we got on fantastically. <laughs> yeah. He is amazing. Oh, yeah, yeah, he's yeah. a great soul. He's, yeah. he's a wonderful, wonderful guy to have in the room. Yeah, so he was the only person who showed up. And I think that worked out great. Um, we really connected. Um so, do you want me to tell you, like, the idea for the workshop? Yeah. Sure, yeah. Okay, so the idea for the workshop was called a collective experiment in audience. And this is something that I do in my poetry workshop at Loyola, which is get students really thinking about, well, who am I writing for? And how do I write when I have someone in mind that I'm writing for? And that's complicated because, of course, you're writing for yourself as well, and you're exploring... Um, concepts that you're interested in and seeing what happens when they come out on the page. But um, something that I've learned that has been really useful for my own work is to also kind of like keep in mind 
the audience. And that can be a really abstract concept. Like who's reading my work? I have no idea. Like sometimes I do because, you know, friends will tell me they, they read it. But like at the same time, I feel like poetry is something to put out in the world with this kind of like idea or hope that someone, a human or humans is going to be encountering it. So how do you work with that, you know, and how do you use that to make the poetry really resonate with like the world? Um, so I've been working with that concept, like to, to build a workshop around that. So to really help people's work evolve. Um, so my idea, well, I don't know. It's kind of a spoiler because <laughs> yeah, do you not want, do you <laughs> know want to I give it away? Secrets of your workshop. No, I will say that like, cause a lot of my workshop techniques are based on like slow reveals. Mm -hmm. So like there's multiple steps to the process that we'll go through during the workshop. And each step is revealed as you go, as, like, you complete each one. So I don't think I'll explain the whole thing in case, I mean, I'd love to give the workshop again. Yeah, yeah. Um, here, actually. Um, but uh, suffice it to say, we exchanged work, and we wrote in response to each other's poems. And mm -hmm. it was just brilliant. It was really brilliant. Um yeah, I sent him a questionnaire, so I'm hoping to learn more about his experience. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, it was a fabulous experience. So it's like, so the way you're building the audience is by responding to what the other person, or consideration yeah. of audience is responding to what the other person wrote. Okay. Yeah, because yeah. in the workshop, the idea is that you have the opportunity to see uh, immediately what the audience responses where I feel like with poetry in general, you just send it out into the world and you're like, you don't know how people are responding. Like for instance, I don't know if I ever told you this, but I ordered your translation of Catullus to the Loyola library in Chicago. Like, did you know that? Did you know that like what I'm doing that. with it? And like that people are now, you know, reading it at Loyola. It's like, you don't know, you don't know like, yeah, yeah. what's happening. So in the space of that workshop, you actually get a chance to see, well, what does someone think? And it's not, uh, I hope this is obvious, but it's not the traditional kind of workshop where you tell people yeah. what you think of the yeah. poem, which I am really not a huge fan of that style. <laughs> Um, I am a fan of like writing response, like poetry in response to other poetry and then seeing kind of like, well, what's going on in the reader's mind as they process this and it comes out through their own creative, mm -hmm. creative, creativity. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like real time. Yeah. Yeah. It's happening in real time. Yeah. There's definitely something about like, um, teaching a workshop where there's, where there's like um, an active process going in a give and take and, 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 a, cert, and a cyclical thing go, a cyclical thing going on, that is like that's the beauty of like a workshop where you're like fitting a bunch fitting a bunch of exercises into a, a track over the course of two hours and the outcome is that at the end of this workshop this is the, this is the requested outcome. With the requested outcome, sometimes with certain workshops, it's just about producing work. Just to, just strictly about producing work, and then and then, mm -hmm. but to have a workshop where there's like a thing and then a response and then a thing and then a response and, thing, and it's a slow reveal, that that that's you know that's like um, valuable and like a like an uh, an interest like a I don't even know like it reminds me of margin no 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 I'm, I'm actually thinking about something it reminds me of marginalia like looking at poems that have marginalia like uh, who does this like Coleridge does this in some of his stuff and. And like uh, Olson does it a ton, and you know, can you think of other poems that are driven by marginalia? 
Um, Is that invite or they just like, like or have a lot of it like Susan Howe. Susan Howe. Well, I really like. I think that was maybe her. I don't know one of her earlier books, like Brenda Hillman's Loose Sugar. She has these poems where it's like there's all these things at the bottom. They're almost like phrases that fell out of the poem or something that are not really part of the poem anymore, but they influence how you read okay. the poem because they're like sitting there at the bottom of the page. Yeah. So uh, yeah, that's. <laughs> That that type of thing is like what you built, what you're building, or like what the way you taught your workshop. I'd like to really see. I'd like to. It would be really interesting to like try to cap capture that moment in a lit, like capture that moment, like or pieces of the moment somehow. I don't know how much you documented or if it's all written or whatever it is, but like if you could capture, like you know, in an interview, like a transcription of even this interview. You could take the transcription of this interview and you can bring out a specific moment out of the interview and it's like, okay, we just took the moment and we put it into writing and you're reading it on a page now so it like it changes the way that you read it. So like if you recorded the entire thing or like the exchanges that went on in a poetic moment or a poetic piece, meaning like it's not just a poem, it's not the criticism of the poem. But it's the poems and the criticism and the and the new poems and more criti- or like not criticism but communication and more poems and more communication more poems mm-hmm. as a thread in a pro and like okay this happened in this process. Well, what's interesting is that the poem that I wrote in response to Jeffrey's first poem was partially notes on my process in the poem. And then when I finished reading it to him, I explained my process. And you are making me think that I should take some notes on that. Like I shouldn't forget that moment because when I explained how I responded to his poem and it was very textual, very like physical, like the way that I went back into his poem and like was taking language and also at the same time recording my awareness of what I was doing. Um, yeah. Yeah, and that's not something I think that it's is a tender always a conscious part of the writing process, right? No, you. I, I try for it kind of to be partially conscious, but partially intuitive. Yeah, but I th- that's probably, I think, rewarding to, like, have this become, at, just from, I mean, I don't know that you'd want to do that every time you wrote, but to have it sometimes become a conscious process is probably figure some things out about how you, how you work right that you wouldn't yeah. necessarily I I you know I think when I read a poem and I and I'm and I'm and I'm looking at it with like a specific lens that like the person's requested me to look at it under you know cuz there's like different different lenses that you can look and you can you can be like okay this this lens is going to be you know this lens is going to be like a straight critique this lens is going to be an editing lens this lens is going to be you know a uh a lens where I'm like adding to, like editing or adding to, or like, you know, because there's a different thing from editing what's there, but then also adding to is a different editing. All these different lenses that you could look at a poem under, all could almost in a certain way, you could build your strategies. You could build your, your strategies in that sense too, like your response strategies to, for, to, per, to kind of like consider what your outcomes would be. Those different scenarios. Yeah. Well, no, you know, I mean, I don't know why I didn't think about that when you were first explaining the workshop idea, but that's part of what I like about it, too, is that's something you're really kind of doing in your head anyway. Mm -hmm. 
whether you're thinking, you know, whatever, whoever your your friends that normally read your things, or you're always kind of have that filter as you're writing, like how are they gonna read this, or how are they, how would they react to this when they're, uh, but you're you're turning it into a conscious process, and maybe with someone that you wouldn't wouldn't be one of your filters normally, which is kind of nice too. Mm-hmm. Well, if you go into the workshop knowing that it's going to be some sort of process like this, and this is what it's going to be, you could, I mean, that's, that's, that's definitely, like, bold and, and interesting, you know, um, to get into it. Um, from that, even, even wanting to put yourself in that scenario, I guess. Yeah. So did it, did it seem, I mean, other than it just being only Jeffrey there, (laughs) was it different from how it works when you, when you use it in your course, or... Yeah, for a few reasons. Um, it being one-on-one was a big part of that, and um, it would be great to teach workshops in the future where there would be several people there, but I have to say that I was really glad that it was one-on-one with Jeffrey just because, like, that was a really unique experience. It was yeah interesting, but more than interesting, it was great. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that was one of the major differences is doing this kind of like very focused exchange with one person. So we were very focused on each other the entire time. Whereas in a group setting, um, you know, there's a lot going on at once. You're listening to other people's experiences. Um, so it's like, you know, a shared space with yeah. a lot of people and you're, and you're getting a lot out of the whole thing. Um, that was one of the differences. Also, uh, working with someone who is already a poet, yeah. a very good poet, <laughs> I have to say, because, you know, when I'm working with, uh, first of all, like my workshop at Loyola is not often with poets. Um, it's with uh, seniors who are taking uh, an art core requirement. Oh, uh, okay. Um, and that has its own, like, wonderful advantages yeah. because... Once they start letting go, and it's really about them, and it's about their lives, and it is about, like, their discovery of how language works in their lives, it's a really beautiful thing to witness, and it's really uh, special for them. And they're what? They're... they're Seniors? seniors? So, I don't know, 20, 21? Yeah. Um, That's a whole different thing than when Jeffrey came in and wrote, like, a gorgeous poem right off the bat. And I was like, whoa. You know? And, interestingly enough, we wrote similar poems without knowing that. Um, And then when we were reading each other's poems, we were like, whoa. Like, these are really similar. How did that happen? (laughs) Um, So we were just, like, locked in from from the very beginning. So, again, that was very unique experience. Wow. Yeah. Wow, that seems, yeah, that seems really, I've never had an experience quite like that, like in a work, workshop of two. Not quite. Right? <laughs> I don't know, a workshop of two, that's kind of, that's kind of cool. Because it's like, it's like, um, step into my poetic office. You know, like it could be real kind of chase loungy. Kind of like, well, there's a clipboard and, you know, what I want you to do is I want you to, um, you know, kick back and think about a poem, you know, write about a snail. You know, or whatever you know, it could just be like it could just be like, kind of like uh, you could become like a poem doctor, you know, like this one-on-one. I actually did that this past summer. I got a request to do some like poetry coaching, 
and I did it. Really? Yeah. (laughs) Uh, It was an exchange. She was a body worker. Okay. She is a body worker. And so I, we would do an hour of like poetry coaching and then she would do some body work with me. Nice. Yeah, that was, that was great. But that also, that was different, right? Because it was like I had, I had prepared for it because I was like, okay, what does she need? And what am I bringing to her? And like, what does it mean to kind of like be coaching her in this process? That's not what it felt like last night, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Because he was already working on a project and he, you know, talked before we started the workshop, he was talking about like where he was at in his process. So it's a little bit different. I mean, a lot different. Sorry. Yeah, (laughs) for sure. For sure. Um, But maybe when I'm um, back here in May, I'll, I want to do a a workshop. Like I want to do a three, three session workshop. Um, but maybe I'll offer my services as a poetry coach too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, poetry coach services. Yeah. <laughs> you know, no, I think I think that there's actually something there. You know, I think that there's a lot there. I mean, I know that a lot of appointments that people make with me to do like like book making stuff when it's like a younger poet or someone who's um, hasn't done any like sort of like that part of it, the zine making, book making part of it, it becomes daunting. To just even figure out how to fold paper the right way and to print something the right way. That like um, I've done a lot of coaching over the years, helping young artists figure out like how they're what like you know they come in with these expectations. You know where it's like some come in they were like I want to make a hundred books for a hundred dollars and I'm like okay, we can do that like with basic printer paper and like some you know hack copy making machine you know like things maybe small you know. And I help them rethink the the scope of their work, not just like how many they want to put, but like what the addition is, what the budget is, what the what each piece is, where you can make two different books that almost look identical, but just by the paper choices you use, one book can be five or ten times the cost of another book. And it, it, it it's really on like, but you want to make, do you want to make ten of these or a hundred of these, you know? So it's like there's all these like coaching that happens when people are trying to be, you know, are trying to get it break into a new into a new uh, thing, you sure. know. I find it more so like for me. I've done a few things with people where they're like in a different world, not really in the poetry world, and they are want to break into their poetry and they want like more advice about like how to make their poetry that they write. Even though they're a poet, they don't do that. They're not like like someone who's like a poet who writes. 100 poems and then wants to put this has an expression that they create but but maybe they're not like a poet they're not like a poet I don't know they're not like a poetry reader maybe they read poetry a little bit but they're not like a read like a close reader or student of poetry but they still write poetry yeah. you know what I'm talking about like those oh, people I totally yeah. do poetry functions very differently in in people's lives yeah no I don't know yeah I just, I, it, and it, it seems to me too though like the biggest difference like you're talking about like someone like Jeffrey who's been writing poetry a long time they understand certain things like when you're dealing with someone no matter how much they like poetry who's just starting to explore that a lot of it is like getting them to not be afraid to experiment with things and try things and you don't have to do that when someone has already done that on their own yeah when they're trained yeah yeah true that's like that hesitancy when you're starting and some people, um, like the 
some people are not interested in publishing. And yeah. that's really interesting. That's like a whole different, and that's what is closer to kind of like the workshops that I teach at Loyola. So I, all, I mention it and I offer it and I, I put it out there. Um, but mostly they are interested in using poetry as a method of self-exploration. And there mm -hmm. are other people that I know of who are like that as well. And I think that it's a wonderful tool for that. Yeah. You know, it's like, journaling but with more kind of conscious crafting yeah so i think it's wonderful when people want that to be part of their lives i i worked with this guy i don't even know i mean even say who it is it doesn't even matter or anything i don't know if you remember even joseph but i worked with this guy like a number of years ago it was like last couple of years ago and he was like this like investment banker guy from new york and is this nobody that no none of it's nobody that no one knows <laughs> and i and he sent me these like these like 20 poems oh, wow. or 30 poems or something and you know he sent them to me and they're very they're very like um well look they're a little spicy and a little bit they have colloquial terms and he he goes in between spanish and english but cool. he just he brings it out but like a little tiny bit of it yeah. but i coached him i'm like look your your trilingual aspects of your of your of your of your what you're getting through here bring it through bring keep it coming yeah bring it out and then i saw his poems as they started to become something that was more like flavorful and colorful cuz he was he would only just like drop in like one word that was like in another language but i would be like okay look that's great but i think like if you bring it out even more like those and i sort of i said like think of a word and think of all three different forms of that one word and then almost like create a new word that like says all three words at once. And I saw how he was bringing these new things into his poetry, and his poetry like took off. Like in a certain sense, like it took off in, a, in an interesting way. But like I'm, but this guy like I almost think like even that twenty, I'm, even that twenty or thirty poems he sent me, I feel like I could I could take twelve of them. And with a little coaching and a little crafting and a little bit of, like, nuance could really bring something out that's, like, really nice, you know, in, like, a curation, you know, mm -hmm. of a set, of any of any set, of any poet writing, you know. Maybe not, Joseph's going to disagree, say, not uh, any no, poet, I'm, not any poet. Well, no, maybe not, but no, I'm, 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 like, still thinking about the, like, idea of people who want to use poetry as, like, some sort of self-exploration. And that's interesting, right? I mean, I mean, I think everyone... When you write poetry, you inevitably do that to some extent, but that's all. But if that's like your main purpose, that's such a different thing <laughs> that it almost totally changes how you have to approach it, right? I don't know. And then I wonder, yeah, like you were saying, is that it's kind of like journaling, but like what? But there is some something different. There's some advantage maybe to using a poetry format for that. Well. I think that that's wonderful for them, but I will admit that when I encounter poetry like that that's been published, I have no use for it personally. Like, I don't want to read it because I'm like, oh, this yeah. poem isn't trying to show me anything or give me any kind of experience. So I think it's actually interesting that line between when someone's using poetry for self-exploration and how that might function in their lives, but like what happens when they think that that's something to give to the world well i think you would have to do something different with it if you wanted to put it out into the world right and i guess that's kind of what i was getting at like it's such a how you have to approach that i think is so different and you could i think still take those and turn them into something 
that could go out into the world, sure. but you would have to do that. I don't think you could just take that same thing that you were using for self exploration and just publish that and be like, here you go. But yeah, you're right. Some pieces of it certainly it fragments. Fragments. <laughs> I used to do it. I mean, I think that maybe that's you know a journey that. Uh, some poets have gone on where you start writing and it's like, why, why are you writing when you start, you know? And then I've had, I had the experience where something kind of caught someone's eye and they really liked it. And I was like, oh, why did they like it? Like, what was that doing for them? But then it still took many years to be able to distinguish. And, you know, I'll, I'll admit like even now, like the project that I'm working on right now, actually, which is a book length poem course (laughs) uh like composed of these like separate sections and what i'm really trying to explore is the political versus the personal because i feel like since well i want to say since trump's been elected because that was a trauma it's been a whole long process of deciding okay well when do i work out what's going on politically. How do I do that with myself? How do I do with that with other people? And then when do I need to like retreat and work on myself <laughs> and make sure that I'm okay so I can continue this work? And I kind of want to put it out there that that is productive and that that's helpful. There's been a lot of talk about like self-care in the radical community. Um, and I guess in a way I'm trying to demonstrate that with this poem and so I'm still kind of like feeling out kind of like well what kind of writing is for me I don't know if this will be valuable or if this will resonate with readers only time will tell I suppose yeah but you're but but you're you do have that purpose in mind and I guess you're negotiating that but but that's also different right and I mean I think you can do something that does both, right? Certainly. But then you're working in this intermediate space rather than it just being this one thing or the other. I don't know. That's interesting. And then, oh, wow, throwing the political into it is even more, makes that even more complicated because that's a similar thing. Like, how do you talk about that in a way that's not very just turned inwards, you know? Or didactic. Uh, Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> um, I actually met a man the other night at the Bloodjet Open Mic who had written three volumes of Trump sonnets. Wow. And I took a look at them <laughs> and I was really intrigued because I felt that I had done something similar ever since Trump was elected, which is just kind of take the materials <laughs> uh, and try to do something with them in order to understand them or turn them into something mm-hmm. that could that we could examine collectively. So um, they're awesome. Like it's a mix of writing about Trump, but also with his language. And mm-hmm. also if I can mention it, uh, Jen Carmen is actually doing that with the art of the deal and they oh, have these okay. fantastic uh, little poems using uh, Trump's language. Yeah, I mean that's an interesting idea. Well, and it's definitely odd language is to it, play with. For is sure. it illusion, oh, Joseph? Yeah. It's yeah, disturbing. It's certainly, <laughs> it's certainly illusion. But I mean, I wonder. I found poetry. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. But I, I mean, mean, and there's so many different directions you could go with that. Mm-hmm. 
for my newest project, I had a whole section. So the project's called States, and each section is a different state. Um, and right now I actually forget what state this was, but I took the State of the Union address because I couldn't listen to it. Like, I really don't like hearing his voice. I really actively avoid it or seeing his face. But so I decided I should read it because I should see what he's putting out there. So I brought up the text of the State of the Union and I just, you know, I was just playing with it and yeah. fucking with it and just to see. Yeah. Well, there's definitely something there. You gotta, but you could, you gotta push it. You gotta like really see like with something like that. It's like, it's like you get it as a, um, as like a raw material, like, uh, like you, like you, it's like a, it's like a bolt of cloth that you can unravel, but like, you gotta be. You could really, you know, you could really get into get into something. But but to dismantle something like that is like that's intense. I mean, it's it's like mm -hmm. intense, but it's also like you could you could really you could really play with it quite a bit and get something out of it. I think you could. I mean, it would ultimately distill down to nothing. But if you distilled it too far, right. but but I like you know. your bolt of cloth analogy because it's like, what can you do to this to kind of like make you feel like you have some power over it and then to share that feeling with anyone who is observing that. Yeah, but then that almost becomes conceptual in some way. But yeah, Yay. but that could be yeah, <laughs> that could be good, yeah. Um, conceptual but also really physical because I'm thinking about that bolt of cloth idea actually. Partially because I really wanted to want to get into some fabric sculpture this winter. Um, well, you I know love that idea of manipulation and kind of doing something really physical to a yeah. Where do you want to take it? You know, do you print it out on printer paper the whole the whole the State of the Union, and do you lay it out on the floor down there and ta do. and tape it all together <laughs> you do. and tape it all together That's and then do. take a bunch of white out and just like and like do a fucking giant eraser of the of of the whole Which thing and or a and blackout a blackout and turn it into. You know, some you know, like a meta meta piece of some sort, or just like tear into it. I still want to do with that. We still need to do that with those United Fruit Company, yeah, United Fruit Company articles. I think that's the perfect thing to do the giant erasures with. Oh yeah, there's so much of this history that's sitting behind you right now. You know, you could do, you could take any of this stuff and mm -hmm. do and mm -hmm. do incredible, you know mischievous things like re rewriting history and things like that yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah well, i don't know that but but i guess it is but that is a funny thing too though because i don't think you know 10 years ago there were that many people writing political based poems and now there's like it's unavoidable right almost and i mean that's just i think because it's unavoidable in everyone's lives, but it's just a strange how that just shifts everything. It has. I mean, I think that people have been writing political poetry throughout, but I think that it was seen as a little bit more of a niche. You know? Yeah. I mean, language poetry was actually a response to the Vietnam, the Vietnam War. So there was that. Uh, I feel like beat poetry was super political. Yeah, I mean, there's always been a political as political aspect to poetry, but I feel like I don't know. It just seems like 
I mean, there's certainly time periods we can look at where it was kind of like this, but it seems like there was a big lull where that was not... You know uh, what's interesting? Yeah, I think you're right, because like it's making me think about C.A. Conrad and how he has been like laser focused on the war you know he didn't yeah, cut yeah. his hair yeah. since we bombed baghdad um and like really focused on um ecopoetics and the hiv epidemic and he's been like laser focused on it this whole time but you know i'm thinking about how he seemed like a contrast to a lot of other poetry for a while sure because i think you're right i don't i don't know if a lot of people were writing i mean we could we could pick out people who were but yeah it yeah. wasn't and now it seems As like everybody. that's almost i mean certainly <laughs> certainly you wouldn't pick up a literary magazine you might occasionally find a political poem in there or now i think if you picked up a literary magazine that's half the magazine Absolutely. right like yeah, that's not <laughs> like you're it's just a different T tenor it's a different tone there's a different tone right now coming through mm -hmm. very much different in many different ways Lots of angry people. There's lots of stuff being said. <laughs> There's lots of things being said. It's a lot of people feeling like their anger is finally justified, which is a lot to witness and handle. But I think that's a pretty important part of where poetry's at right now. Yeah. And I mean, you know, there's not... That's how that is channeled and what is done with that. There's all different directions that that goes in but this is almost like a whole new level of anger though it's not even like political anger now it's like gone to like a lot of different like more it's like even touches deeper in the soul than, than, mm. than the last than the last shit the last shit was deep and then now it's like even deeper exposing like looking at ourselves really is what it is you know it's like it's like a big mirror that we're like looking at our political selves our poetic selves we're it's like I feel like there's a large examination of identity right now happening mm -hmm. and, and values. And yeah. I think there's like a huge sweep of that. And it's and it's it's like it's like um you know, one of those times I think where it's like the last will be first and the first will be last and it's like mm -hmm. it's like we're in a time where it's kinda like, okay, if you don't have value if you're like, you know, if you're like the if you're like the white you know, the white progressive concert you know, or progressive majority that is like doesn't really give a fuck about anybody but like what your track is mm -hmm. and you're not like you know stepping out to make a change and you're not like making a real shift in like understanding how you use everything i'm talking down to like how you use facebook how you use your language how you use your how your code switching how your who your circle are who you're you know you self-evaluation and understanding what you're doing and and and, and how you're building and not contributing to the same old bullshit, I think, is, like, ever more important. And that's what this is causing us to do, I guess. Mm -hmm. Remobilizing out of this political monstrosity that we're in right now. That's why I want to say I think it's really important that during the solstice... I don't know when people are going to be hearing this, though. Uh, I think it's going to come out Saturday. Oh, yeah. Out oh, tomorrow. Maybe. <laughs> so it's just shortly after the solstice is that you take a moment, everybody take a moment, and let all of that go so that we can go back to work. But it's really important to kind of, like, get some perspective and 
remember that you're a body and let your body remember that you're a body. Because <laughs> um, all of that social and political layers, it's all so important and real. Um, but we can also be objective about it so that we can do the best work possible in the world. I feel pretty strongly about that. Yeah. I don't, yeah. No, I mean, it is, it is a real thing, but you can't get over-focused on one, that's only one aspect of existence, right? And if you get over-focused on that, that's not productive. Well, but, I think the social stream, I think the media, the social media stream that just keeps in the feed, I call it the feed, you know, it's the feed bag. You just strap on the feed bag, you plug into whatever reality you want to plug into, and you gorge, you know? You just, like, gorge on the feed bag of, of social media, and it's like people get so trapped up yeah. in, like, in, like, in, like, in, like, uh, media, or is it, like, characters on TV shows, or is it, like, is it, like, a political thing, or is it, like, a, 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 a social thing, and you're instant, you know, it's like, I don't know, there's so many things to get caught up into today that we just, like, don't really take time to work with poetry coaches and <laughs> <laughs> go to restorative yoga. <laughs> go to restorative yoga and... No, I don't know. I don't know. It's like broad sweeping comments. I guess I'm making there, but all right, everybody. Thanks for that. <laughs> Laura, thank you for coming here. We appreciate having you uh, up in the great. studio. Thank you. And yeah, like um, think about next May. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, we're going to definitely teach some workshops over here that I think like workshops that can use the space you know that 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 like need a bigger type of space to be able to work in and create something so think of an idea a way that you could do a workshop that you can utilize the space yeah and so and you you you're going to try to do that same workshop again when you come back or something or? i haven't started thinking about it yet i just um because i was sick i was like <laughs> well i definitely need to come back um so i'm thinking three weeks in may yeah, yeah. And so then i'll start thinking about what kind of writing workshop um now that Macos mentioned it i'm thinking okay and you also i think i heard you talking about it when i was coming up the stairs like oh we need to print that out really big it's like that would be interesting is to like have a workshop where you print like something out really, really big and then everybody in the workshop like gets into the text and does like I Becomes have an idea. It, yeah. I have an idea yeah. for a workshop. <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining us today and telling us about your workshop and having this conversation with us. But maybe to close us out, Magos, you wanna read Jeffrey's poem from the workshop for us and we'll just we'll just go out on that. Sounds good. Here you go. The Null Set for Laura Goldstein. We spent so much time swimming upwards through mud, through fossils of what we had once tended and then euthanized. We spent so much time on treading and pushing suffocating through the sludge of endless paperwork, discarded junk mail of an age of reaching skyward, our mouths whispering while on each other's inner thighs, legs pressing, our faces unable to get out, the first grasp of air as we spied what we wanted, ending with our throats barbed with swelling of mucus-laden fatigue, 
bedding each other to rest in filth. We spend so much, too much, time in this vortex, wet, sobbing, screaming, scratching, but not quite simply breathing. <laughs>